Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. While the science aligns on what's healthy for a baby's brain development, when it comes to how to care for our babies, there's a seemingly endless supply of competing perspectives. Parents are swimming in advice on sleep, feeding, and parenting philosophies. In this season of the podcast, we aim to provide a variety of curated perspectives so you can make informed choices for your family. That's mine. I want that. Look at me. Young children are naturally egocentric. This is a normal part of their development. They must first make sense of the world through their own eyes before they can see it through someone else's. In fact, until they approach preschool age, they have little reason to believe that others might have feelings or thoughts different from their own. But getting them to eventually understand that everyone's got their own perspective is how we teach kindness. Empathy, the ability to imagine how others might be feeling, is a cornerstone of kindness. And here to help us build that skill in our children is Monica Guthrie Purchase. She's worked as a Head Start teacher for over 12 years and currently serves as education coordinator for Start Early's EHSN in the Chicago area. Hello, Monica. Hi, how are you? I'm so looking forward to talking about this important topic with you today. Kindness is a value that so many of us parents just really want to instill in our children. So how do we do it? What is that first step? I would say, I think the very first step is really looking in the mirror. Um, As parents, we want to do our best to be what we want to see in our children. You know, and it's, it's teaching them and showing them that we are not perfect, that we have emotions and feelings and Sometimes they get the best of us, but to show them how we work through those different feelings, anger, frustration, and showing them that it's okay giving yourself grace to work through those moments teaches them to give themselves grace and others grace in those moments. So can you give me an example, Monica? How would you model this empathy? Let's say I'm like really frustrated about something and talk to me about a scenario that I might have with my child. Okay, let's let's take riding in the car, right? You're riding in the car, you're in traffic. You have a situation where it's it's traffic, you have been in meetings all day, you have to get home, you have to cook dinner, somebody has soccer practice, and you're just frustrated. So you go, oh, and instead of just leaving it at that, oh, I'm so tired of being in traffic, say, oh, mommy is really frustrated right now. I think I need to take a breath and take that breath. Because I don't want what I feel right now to be taken out on someone else. So I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to let it out. I think I need another one. You want to join me? Let's take a breath together. Ready? Okay. We're going to go in. And we're going to go out. And we're going to push all of that frustration away. I think I feel a little bit better. How do you feel? Well, what do you do when you get frustrated? Do you ever get frustrated? 
and the child might, you know, give an example of somebody taking something from them at school or their sister hitting them or, you know, when mommy says, no, you can't have candy. Well, how does that make you feel? And the child might not even have the words to describe how that makes them feel, but they might have the facial expressions, right? They might have the the, the sound effects. The, uh, the, uh. And you say, well, what do you do with those feelings? Do you keep them inside or do you let them go? Let's think of some ways how we can let those feelings go so you don't hit your sister or so you don't hit your, your friend at school. Let's see how we can get those good feelings inside. I loved what you said about, you know, I'm feeling frustrated and I don't want to take this out on someone else. That is that is a great script for connecting the feeling of frustration and then, you know, the the action or, you know, your behavior that can be an outcome of a, of a feeling. So I love that. I'm going to write that down <laughs> and bring it home. Can you talk to me about how we can recognize that empathy is developing in our toddler when they're interacting with a peer or with our young child? Maybe we move beyond toddlerhood. When did they start showing that they have empathy? Even at a young age, you can see toddlers. A toddler will come into the room and one of the toddlers might be sad because their mom is, is gone. The other toddler, even if they haven't developed their language yet, might see that baby sad and walk over to them and put their hand on their shoulder or give them a hug. So it happens, I think, a lot of times younger than we know. And I think it's just being observant as parents and recognizing those moments and even speaking on those moments to let children know, you know what? When I dropped you off at school today, I saw that Bobby came in and he was looking a little sad. And you gave him your favorite stuffed animal because you saw he was sad. That was very kind of you. I am so proud of you for showing kindness to your friend. How do you think that made him feel when you gave him your teddy bear? What was what did he do? Showing those those children and giving them that language, giving them those words to say what you did was showing kindness. What you did was caring for another person. And then letting them know, you know, that you're proud of them as their parent. I also really liked how you you help your child take the other person's perspective. You almost kind of take that leap for your child. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about how we build perspective for our children? For example, let's say like our toddler hits another child or engages in something unkind. What are some ways that we can share, you know, we understand that we can empathize with our child and take their perspective. What about helping them to take another person's perspective? My son is actually 20. Oh my gosh, 20 something. But when he was <laughs> when he was younger, he was in a preschool where he was getting bit by a particular child. And when the child would bite him, he would hit the child. And I had to have the conversation with him. And it wasn't, you know, why did you hit this child? And, you know, I just kind of asked, what happened today in school? And he said, you know, Sarah bit me. And I said, huh, I wonder why Sarah bit you. Do you think she was hungry? He says, no, mommy, Sarah wasn't hungry. She bit me because she's mean. I said, well, who said she's mean? And she said, he said, she bit me. I said, but let's think about it. You played with Sarah before, right? He said, yes. I said, so we know that Sarah knows how to play with other people. So let's see what happened after Sarah bit you. She took the train I was playing with. I said, huh, so 
Sarah likes the train? And he said, well, she bites me every time I have it and takes the train from me. I said, okay. I said, well, what do you think that we can do to help Sarah not feel the need to bite you to take the train? He said, but I want to play the train. I said, I said, okay. Well, how many trains are there at the school? He said, I don't know. It's a lot of trains. I said, oh, so what do you think if tomorrow when you want to play with the train, you ask Sarah to come play with the trains with you? I don't like Sarah. Sarah's mean. I said, okay, but let's just try it and see what happens. He tried it. Sarah did not bite him for a week. <laughs> now, Sarah eventually did bite him again, but that taught him to not, one, judge people and to put a label on them, but to give someone a second chance. And he knows, too, now that he gets second chances and he tries to give other people the same grace that he would want them to give to him. I love that. I love that. And there's also this concept of separating the person and are they a good or bad person? I think oftentimes we conflate, children conflate behavior with then determining, okay, that person's bad, that person's bad, and not separating the behavior is bad. I love this example. Can you give me another example of how you might create this distinction for a young child to understand that the person isn't bad, but the behavior is bad? And I really think the way that you said it is perfectly. And that and that's the thing is saying that what they did was bad, but what they did is not who they are. And teaching young children that they might be the change that they want to see in someone else by leading by example. It's all, you know, it's all a cycle. We're mirroring for our children what we want them to become. Our hope is that our children then go out in the world and be the change that they want to see for someone else. Did you know that 85% of your child's brain is developed by age three? The play kits by Love Every are an easy way to support your child's learning. Each kit includes expert-designed toys and activities that build important skills and inspire your child through stage-based play. When you sign up for the play kits, we deliver a box to your home every two to three months that's matched your child's age and what they're hungry to learn. Love Every provides the map to help you confidently guide your child's learning. Unlock the joy of intentional play. So apologies apologies are tricky terrain. So how do we, do we force an apology? Do we encourage our, our child to, you know, make an apology? Is there a better way? Let's talk about like a three-year-old. Ground us in that sort of um, age and stage around apologies. So three-year-olds are kind of, are, are tricky because they are really the real bosses of the world um, <laughs> because they run everything. Um, I know this was kind of like a debate that even my mom and I had. My mom was an educator for 40 years. Um, and then when I had kids, you know, she was a 
at what we call old school, where she believed in you, you do something that's quote unquote wrong, you apologize for it. And my youngest son is, was very, um, I said, was, he still is pretty, pretty solid in who he was as a person early on in life. And if he was not sorry, he would tell you, I'm not sorry. I meant to do that <laughs> or I meant to say that. And it took me a minute to kind of settle in and understand where he was coming from. And what I had to do with him was kind of say, okay, I understand that you said you're saying you're not sorry, but that hurt their feelings. I said, so how can we fix this? And he said, but they did this. I did this and I'm not sorry. I said, okay. I said, but they're crying. How is that making you feel? And he said, well, I don't want them to cry. I said, okay. Is it possible? Maybe you can apologize for them feeling that way. I said, did you mean to make them cry? Most of the time my son would say no. I didn't, I didn't want them to cry. And I said, but they're crying. So how can we fix this? And most times my son would say, I'm sorry I made you cry. And kind of teaching them that separation that you cannot be sorry for the act, but possibly sorry for the reaction of the act in young children. I don't think that forcing an apology really helps because then it helps that that teaches them to give empty apologies, which aren't beneficial. And when they grow up older and, you know, and they get into deeper relationships that that has different consequences. That is really great advice. It help us understand some activities or some things that we can practically do. So we know that we need to model empathy and we need to give empathy to our children and we need to model this sort of self-regulation. Like I'm frustrated and I'm not going to take it out on somebody else. I loved that moment, that script that you said. Um, can you share with us some practical activities you can recommend to teach empathy? Yeah, for sure. You could do something as simple as having a kindness tree. You could just draw a tree with your child have it maybe on the refrigerator and maybe have a, a, even like a competition, a family competition of, okay, today I'm going to be kind, you know, and be very intentional with it. I'm going to be kind to my coworker, Christy today. Who are you going to be kind to? You know, they might pick a classmate or they might pick their sibling or they might pick even mommy or daddy, grandma, whoever. It's putting in some ways, the onus on the child and without putting the pressure on them. You're not giving them the words. You're helping them to think about what kindness looks like to them and what different things they can do to show kindness to other people. And this is something I think that it can go from young to old. So it's not just an early childhood thing. It's something that they can take you know, with them for the rest of their life, teaching them to be very intentional with their kindness and being very intentional with their giving. When it comes to frustration, some practical things you can do is to establish uh, like a calming place in the house for that child. 
give them a place that they can go when they're frustrated. It might be, you know, a little corner in the room, make it, you know, make it nice, put some little pillows and put some little lights up there and let them know that this is your calming place. And when you just get frustrated, you just need to go somewhere and breathe. You can sit here, you can breathe. You can put some kindness book. There's a nice little book called kindness starts with you. Um, you might even have some different manipulatives that might help to calm them as well. Love that. And then there's some research on the role of books that actually the role, the books and reading stories about other people's experiences can actually be a great tool for building empathy. Can you talk to this a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, lo I love books and, and children love books and it's kind of like, it, it hits a lot of things. It hits the language, it hits the literacy, but it also hits the compassion because it shows them one, it shows them diversity because it shows them that everybody is not the same and that we're all different, which I absolutely love. And it helps them to see different perspectives. It helps to give them different ideas because maybe they didn't think about, Oh, somebody fell down. I should help them up. Maybe they just didn't think about that, but they read that in the story. Um, maybe they didn't think about, Oh, if I have five, strawberries, I could give, you know, two of them to somebody else and I would still have three. So books really do help to children to, to think outside of their current knowledge. How do we, how do we kind of instill this kind of kindness and thinking of others as a part of our daily life with our children? So, like I said, I think it's, it's really, uh, most of this is really about the mirroring letting them know this is what we're doing. I can remember um, a time when I was in the classroom, actually. Um, this was around the time, I'm trying to think of the year, when there was a big earthquake in Haiti. And I remember talking to my students and they could tell that I was a little sad. And they said, you know, Ms. Monica, what's wrong? Why are you sad? And I said, there's a place on the map and I showed them on the map. I said, called Haiti. I said, and it was a big earthquake. I said, and there are a lot of people and a lot of boys and girls, I said, who lost their homes and lost their schools. I said, and I'm pretty sad. They said, we have to help. And I said, well, I don't know how we can help. I said, you all are too little to help. And I, I, I had a plan. This was all planned. <laughs> I said, well, you're too little. How can you help? They said, no, we can help. And I said, well, how can we help? They need so much. It's so far away. We can't get to them. And one little kid said, we can give them stuff. And I said, well, what do you think we can give them? And they said, we can give them food. I said, huh? Okay. Well, let's see. How will we get food? And I kind of talked them through this. I'm going to say, go to the grocery store. And then we came to, you know, we'd have to send it to them. That might not be good. And someone else said, oh, I know what we could do. We could send them love. And I said, I love that idea. I said, do you, can you all think of a way that we can show them love and make it like a picture? And they said, we can draw hearts and we could send them to them. And then another kid said, I got pennies. And I said, pennies? He said, I have pennies. And some another kid, you know, I got pennies, I got pennies, I got pennies. And I said, you think if we put all the pennies together, we can send the pennies? And then the pennies will help them to build houses back? And they say, yeah. So long story short, we ended up doing pennies for Haiti, pennies and hearts for Haiti, where they were asking their family for pennies 
it became a school-wide thing. They were asking their classmates and different uh, kids from different rooms for pennies. We ended up raising, I think, $500 that we gave to Haiti Relief. And all of the kids drew hearts. And some of them wrote messages. Some of them were legible. Some of them were not. But <laughs> they drew pictures and hearts. And we put them all in a box. And I gave them to a friend who was going there to do a missions to help in the, in the efforts. And they sent in and they took it to one of the, um, the orphanages that was there. Oh, I'm feeling emotional. Wow. What an inspiring story. There's so much happening in the world all the time. I love how you modeled sadness, communicated in a child appropriate way, what was going on in the world. And then, you know, said, well, you you can't help. You're too little. And then they came back with, with ideas. What a beautiful story. It has been so wonderful to have you with us today, Monica. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Takeaway number one, problem solve. Remember to drive home the message that even if another child hits or does something unkind to your child, while their behavior is bad, the person is not bad. What they did is not who they are. Teach your child the value in building empathy for the other child, problem solving, and giving people a second chance. Help your child get curious about why the other child acted as they did and come up with ways that prevent those triggers. Takeaway number two, lead by example by modeling your own emotional regulation. Explain what you're feeling. I'm feeling frustrated and I don't want to take this out on someone else. Show your toddler how you can breathe through the frustration. Say to your child, when you feel frustrated, what do you do with those big feelings? Let's talk about some ways to let them go. Takeaway number three, recognize kindness. When your toddler is kind to a friend, comment on it. Then ask them, how do you think that made your friend feel when you cared for them? This teaches your child empathy. Takeaway number four, approach apologies with curiosity. Forcing an apology may teach your child to give empty apologies. Instead, show them the distinction between feeling sorry for what was done and feeling sorry for the reaction. Ask them, did you mean to make your friend cry? They will often say they did not, but express the injustice they feel around what happened. This is your opportunity to point out the difference between the action and how it made the other person feel. Your child might be okay to say, I'm sorry I made you cry. Takeaway number five. One of Monica's favorite activities for teaching kindness is the creation of a kindness tree, where you discuss as a family who will be the recipient of your kind actions each day. You can find more ways to talk about emotions and teach empathy on the Love Every blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.